30 to 3 wide in the middle, and we've got an awesome show for you guys this week. A little bit, little bit different than what we normally do, um, but it's definitely going to be fun because we had an awesome, awesome weekend of racing, and uh, we got a lot, a lot of dirt stuff to cover. We'll touch quickly on the NASCAR race just because, you know, we it's NASCAR and Christopher Bell got a win this season. There are a couple of interesting things we got to talk about from that race, but for the most part, awesome, awesome week at Eldora. And we've got Williams Grove coming up this weekend with the summer nationals. And we got a special guest on the show today. Who's going to break it down, kind of fill us in on the whole PA posse thing. Since me and Keith, you know, not being from PA are kind of clueless. So, Awesome show, and uh, yeah, bunch of stuff to cover, so let's dive right in. Keith, my man, how was your weekend? It was not as good as Brent Marks, but it was good. good. (laughs) That's a fact. Brent Marks had an incredible weekend, which is obviously where we got to start because he just... It was insane. Where did he come from? Yeah, dude, that's the thing. You know what's crazy is... If you look right now, okay, and at the time of recording this, you know, you know, it was a day ago, two days, was it a day ago? Yeah, a day ago, uh, Kyle Larson dominated Port Royal, okay, dominated Port Royal as they're heading into Williams Grove. And Kyle Larson, or uh, Brent Marks, has more wins this season with the Outlaws than Kyle Larson. Which is nuts. That's absolutely nuts when you think about it. Like, I would not have thought that at all. Kyle Larson's got four wins on the season in 15 races. Brent Marks has five on the season in 15 races. He's only raced 15 races. He's won five. It's been incredible. And for him to come out and have the weekend that he had at Eldora was just insane. I mean, to win one of those nights is a big deal. But to win the big one and the king's royal was it was awesome man it was absolutely awesome yeah i mean like i said before where did he come from yeah where did he come from because i the brent marks that i remember running with the outlaws in the five car was mediocre yeah mid pack wasn't really a big household name and and it wasn't somebody you'd be like oh we got to worry about brent coming in here and then he just comes into eldora well He's won a lot this year so far before, yes, yes. before the Eldora weekend. And then he just came in and won the historical big one, which was a damn good race. Probably one of the best wing races I've watched. And then wins the Kings Royal, the second biggest race. Mm-hmm. How it is so rare for one driver to win two crown jewel races in the same weekend. Yep. I, I know. I don't think Kyle Larson's ever done that. So whatever Brent Marks is drinking, you know, keep doing it. Yeah, doing absolutely. It. Man, for him to to do that, and like you said, you know, where did he come from? He's only ran 15 races with the Outlaws this season. Um, that's less than 50%. The Outlaws have ran 40 at the time of recording this. They've ran 41 races this season. And he's ran 15, and he's won five. That's an insane win percentage. Sheldon Hodenshield right now, who's leading the series in wins with eight. He's only three wins behind Sheldon Hodenshield. Crazy. And like you said, yeah. And like you said, the two two of them were 
two of the biggest events that you can win. I mean, the King's Royal is one of the three crown jewels, right? When we talk about like the crown jewels of the Outlaw Tour, you know, you've got the King's Royal, you've got the Knoxville Nationals, and then you've got the National Open. And he's got one of them, right? And then just happened to happen to win maybe not a crown jewel, maybe more like a, a family jewel with the historical big one and pulled that home too. It was uh it was awesome, man. So yeah. Uh I'm, it, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just dumbfounded by the whole thing. I am I am too because here here's the thing. I think the historical big one might be a little more um legend status i'll say because it don't happen very often the the historical big one ain't a race it's always there no it's not that's that's so, that's really important to know so to yeah. win to win that one that that is big and then to follow it up with the grand slam at the king's royal i mean that just pushes it over the top the man is a goat status right now now imagine him going to knoxville and winning the nationals yeah that, that'll immediately boost him to the top of the goats of the year yeah uh, i think mm -hmm. really because it, it brent's the guy that right now he's 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 doing true outlaw stuff he, he ain't committing to one series he, they're they're traveling everywhere and just running running where they they feel like they have the best shot to win and holy yep. crap who would have thought who would have thought if you well i like going back to last week's episode, I picked Sheldon to win because I would have never thought that Brent Marks would have came in and just lit the freaking place on fire. Yeah, and Sheldon had a pretty horrible weekend overall. Um, that car, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if they just missed the setup on the car or what was the deal, but he did not have a very good weekend. Um, they were outside the top 10 for the Joker's Wild. Um, you know, on the historical big one, God, I think he did even worse if I'm remembering correctly, or maybe I think it was the same. I think he was 12th one night, 11th the, the next night, um, you know, just not, not very good. And it was really, um, really unlike him, you know, usually they don't, they don't have that problem, right? Where they're just consistently outside the top 10 and at the same track. And that's the thing, right? Like, it's not like they went to four different tracks in four nights where it's just like, man, we just can't seem to get these, these tracks figured out. And they were at Eldora, right? A track that he does well at. And he yeah. had, he had three finishes outside the top 10 of a, a 12th, 11th, a 12th again, and then a DNF on, the King's Royal. So it's just a rough, rough weekend for Sheldon. And and what what really surprised me, Eldora's a, a Sheldon Hodden shield elbows up, ripping the wall down up on the fence. Mm -hmm. And to see him struggle, because when I was watching the Royal, he was flying and then he got a flat tire and it just, yeah. I don't know what the hell happened after that. Yep. Yeah, he I was mean, he was fast during the King's Royal. That is a good that is that is a good thing to note. He was fast those first three nights, really not fast. so much. Yeah, the yeah, I'm not sure what the maybe they were trying something different. See, that's the thing we really truly don't know. Yeah, but when you bring up Eldora, the first thing that I think of is Sheldon will be ripping the ripping the ball down up top, and it'll be hard to beat. We've seen it last season at Let's Race Two, I believe, 
and he was bad fast. So coming into this weekend, uh, that's one of the reasons why I picked him because it, it's a Sheldon Hodden Shield track, and I'm not sure what they were trying, but don't try it again the next time yeah, you come come exactly. back to Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, rough weekend for Sheldon. Um, but another driver, um, and we'll get back to Brent Marks in just a minute, but another driver who had a really awesome weekend, although he did not bring home the cash that Brent Marks did, was David Gravel. Uh, Gravel, who um, has been – it's been rough. He'd only had two wins coming into um, the weekend at Eldora, and he kicked it off. Uh, he got the win, night number one there, Joker's Wild. Had an awesome race, was really, just really, really good. Um, got the win over Macedo, and, you know, it was looking like, I remember w after watching the Joker's Wild, I remember thinking, I was like, oh my god, like, I I was already, like, Gravel's going to sweep this weekend. Like, that's how I thought after the first night, because he looked so good, and He's one of those guys that when when he's on, god damn, he's on. And uh, it just so happened that uh, Brent Marks was on even more. So, <laughs> he was just because, on a whole yeah, different level. <laughs> yeah, it really was, man. Um, you know, that next night, running the historical big one. And here's the thing. Not only did he win the race... But he came from fucking 14th position. Like, that's the thing. Like, he didn't just win. He came from mid-pack. And he passed some stud drivers. Like, you had Tyler Courtney and Rico Abreu literally having a slide job battle, right? Just throwing sliders back and forth. There was an incredible race up front. And then here comes Brent Marks, dude, and just bye-bye. Like, it was it was nuts to see for him to come from that far back and win that race. It was really, really amazing. Yeah, because when, when he was slicing through the field, I think Logan Schuhart was following him for the longest time. And I was like, oh, my God, could you imagine if one of these two guys comes up here and steals the win? And then, of course, mm -hmm. Brent Marks did. And it was a hell of a race for the lead when Brent got to Tyler Courtney. Yes. Like, yeah. When, when he got around Rico, and I was like, oh, Sunshine might be in trouble here because that 19 is flying. Yep. Yeah, absolutely, I mean, man. They, they they flew past Tyler Courtney so fast, I think they took all of Tyler Courtney's NOS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, which is too bad because he was looking good. Tyler Courtney it, had been was. looking really good. Yeah, I thought we were going to see a repeat out of him from last year you I know, was... for him to win last year like he did. I I thought we were going to see that again. In that historical big one, I was very, very surprised by how good Rico Abreu was running. Yes. It, it yep. was kind of eye-opening because every time that I've watched him, uh, other than the four-crown because he won the all-star race there, but like – Last season, it was like a down season for Rico. A little bit of this year, kind of down down again for Rico. And holy crap, I was like, damn, he, he looks freaking good. Yeah. He's fast. He's flying between him and, and Brian Brown is another one. Where the mm -hmm. hell did he come from, too? Yeah, that's the thing, man. The guys that have been popping up this season, it's been crazy. And yeah. I it's it's been nuts. But, you know... 
I freaking love it because, you know, we've only got, I mean, when it comes to the actual outlaws, right? The guys who are like, they show up every year and they're like, yes, we are running the outlaw series. There's what of them, you know, what, 10, you know what I mean? Like there's maybe 10 of them who are going to commit to every single event. And then yeah. you've got those guys who are looking to run half, you know, three quarters of the season, right? They're going to hit the big events, that type of thing. And I know that Rico has talked about, you know, they were wanting to hit, a, you know, 75% of the outlaw races this year. From some of the rumors out there, he's wanting to go full-time outlaw racing. Whether or not he will, I don't know. But, you know, to see him running up there consistently like that was awesome. And then, like you said, you know, Brian Brown doing what he's been doing. He's literally come out of, it seems like, nowhere lately. And it's really it's really, really exciting because for the first time in what seems like a long time, we've not only got this crop of awesome outlaws, but a group of guys who seem to be making their way to that tour as well. Yeah. And one guy that comes to mind and he's kind of lit Pennsylvania on fire is Anthony Macri. Yes. He he's been on fire this season between him and Brent Marks. He's they're They're both carrying the, state of pennsylvania on their back yeah the pa posse has been represented really really well um and me and me and jeremy in our interview that we got coming up here in just a little bit we'll hear that because yeah macri was awesome um you know he just i mean he just had an amazing run what was it a couple nights ago at um port royal you know i mean kyle larson dominated the race at port royal but you had dietrich in second and macri in in third i mean seven i think it was seven of the top 10 were posse drivers you know what i mean like it it was uh it was crazy so yeah i mean he's had a macri's had an awesome year and those guys um those posse guys dude it's really impressive and i've never i've never fully respected it or understood it and you know talking to jeremy which those of you guys listen you're going to hear the hear me and him talk here in just a bit but talking to him it really shed some light on it and um one of the things that he was telling me and i didn't know this i actually never i never knew this and he told me this and um it's so cool that i didn't even fact check it because i'm like i don't care if this is true or not it's just cool if this is the if this is the legend uh, that that's in Pennsylvania. I'm just rolling with it. So apparently back in the day, a long time ago, right? Then outlaws like were first formed or whatever, or when they would like come through, like when that series would come through the whole outlaw thing was basically when they would get to Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, those guys were all running like big block motors. They were running like bigger motors and the outlaw drivers would basically get their asses handed to him because these guys from pa were running these more powerful engines and so that was the whole that's where the whole beef gets started with the, the whole pennsylvania posse is because basically the outlaws were like hey look when when we come and run you guys can't run these motors no more it's it's 410 cubic inch inches like it's got to be this and so i guess from what he was telling me that's like where the whole the whole thing started and when the outlaws show up, man, uh, is, you know, we already talked about the whole PA versus California sprint card thing, but 
I can tell you right now, when the outlaws come to California, they they don't they don't deal with the competition like in California like they do in PA. Now, part of that reason is because the best California drivers leave California. Like they just they're out of there, right? And we talked about this before, where Pennsylvania, like it's a it's a badge of honor to win a track championship there, right? Like that that's a big deal. We're out here. You know, if you win in track championships, it's almost a knock on you after a while where it's like, well, why aren't you out there running something bigger and better? Right. So everybody yeah. tries to leave. And and, you know, that's how that's how it used to be in Indiana. Like it used mm-hmm. to be a prestigious thing to win a non wing track championship at any any track across Indiana. Like how, that was something that you wanted on your resume because everybody looked at it now with the times changing. It's not nearly as prestigious. Now, in Pennsylvania, very prestigious. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are heroes. Yeah, and they keep it going every year. And I think that's one part that I love about it. Like, yep, I know. I'm talking good about Pennsylvania. Yep. But (laughs) they, they don't. They don't let the prestigious die out. You know what I mean? No. Like, if uh-uh. that makes any sense. Because, like, in, in Indiana, yeah, I'm spoiled because we have the greatest non-wing racing in the country. And that's one thing that we got that PA doesn't have. But anyway, yep. it, it's not nearly as prestigious. Like, the USAC guys, mm-hmm. if they if they want a track championship before they went USAC racing, that was that was a big deal. Yes. And now it's just, it's not. Yeah. We got a guy that runs the Lawrenceburgs, won the last three track championships, and I've even said, "All right, go go run with USAC and see see where you are in the competition with them." And he might run in the top ten, yep. maybe. So I get I get what the California fan base says about all right, go go run with the bigger guys. Yeah, we'll and, see and there's what you not, can do. There's not very many hot shoes left in in California because of that. Mm-hmm. No, there's I mean, really there's not. Only, there's only a handful that come to mind, and and it's the Katings. Which yeah, the Katings will always be the Katings. A bunch of badasses. Yeah. And Dominic Selzing, another badass. Yep. I've yep. always been curious to know what Dominic could do over here on the East Coast. Yep. Well, Geo's Geo's done pretty well. Um, yeah, yeah, he's and, not and, running full time, but yeah, he's done pretty well out. out yeah, and out I here. feel like since Geo's had some pretty damn good success. Mm-hmm. Dominic probably could too. Yeah. Yeah. I think he could as I well. Got us Both off those guys. Path, could, so. could. But yeah, that's all right. That's all right. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. He's, uh, he's, he's definitely, definitely shown some skills. So yeah, but yeah, anyway, so awesome week of racing, uh, freaking both Brent Marks and David Gravel, you know, they, they, it was only those two. It was, you know, what each one of those mind. guys that won. Blows my mind that Brent Marks has made won the most money out of all wing racers in the country, and he's almost to a half a million dollars already in this I season. I know, isn't mm-hmm. over. I mean, there's what else can can Brent Marks do this season other than continue to win? And dude, whatever yep. you're putting in your water, keep putting it in there. Because yep. I, I love watching it. I love seeing it because it's it's another. I'm not going to say an underdog, but it, it's kind of like a David versus Goliath when he shows up at the Outlaws, and he, I'm going to say it, busts their ass. Yeah. Well, he's been doing it this season. And so. Yeah, he's got that leather belt out just whipping it. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, man. So we'll see if he can carry it over uh, into this weekend's Summer Nationals at Williams Grove. Two-night show at Williams Grove. Uh, big, big deal. It's it's not the National Open, but it is a big deal. Anytime the Outlaws are in PA, like we just talked about. Huge, huge deal. So we are going to actually... Uh, me and Keith are going to take a quick break, but Keith will be back after the interview. I'm going to hop off and I'm going to be interviewing our buddy Jeremy Weigel, who is, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. PA, Mr. PA Posse. Uh, he, he's our PA resident. That's right. He's our resident expert on the Posse. And so he's going to educate us on on the PA Posse and, and all that stuff. And we're going to talk about this weekend's upcoming race. It's, was, it was a lot of fun, man. And uh, yeah, so stick around. That's coming up right after the break. All right, so joining us now is... My buddy from PA, he is also the president of the Beer Hill Gang. That's not actually true. I'm making that up. And then also a diehard, diehard fan of the Pennsylvania Posse, Jeremy Weigel. Jeremy, what is up, man? Not much, man. Happy to be here. Uh, excited to be invited on. I've been listening uh, for a while now and uh, just love all the information, the, the back and forth between you and Keith. It's it's fun to listen to. Love it. Yeah, we we enjoy doing it. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I uh, I've been wanting to get you on just because, like I said, the whole PA Posse thing. Uh, those of you guys listening, when you 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 remember when we did our top ten list, when I talked about I had to have Fred Raymer on there because I didn't want to upset my Posse friends. This Jeremy was at the top of the list. So uh, that was the, <laughs> he was one of them that I was like, I better have a posse guy on here. So uh, Jeremy's going to fill us in on the posse guys for this weekend's upcoming uh, world finals and uh, or world finals, summer nationals. Why the hell did I say world finals? Summer nationals at Williams Grove. So, um, but before we get into the summer nationals, we got to talk a little bit about PA's going out for the race at port royal last night where basically there was what seven of the top 10 were pa drivers and uh luckily luckily for for me and my argument my my man from california kyle larson did win the race actually dominated the race it was a he didn't he didn't get challenged too much at least from what i saw but there was a definitely a good showing from the posse driver so jeremy i gotta ask you because i am not in tune with the whole posse stuff i only see it on tv and then hear about it from from you guys um in our sim group that are from pa and stuff like that um how big of a deal is it for you know for for you guys as fans like when the outlaws come to town or heck even like the all-stars when it, when you've got your your posse drivers how big of a deal is it to see those guys do well oh, oh it's everything i mean it's it electrifies the crowd um i mean when you're when you're sitting up on beer hill and uh whether they start in the lead or they take the lead at some point in the race uh no matter who it is if it's a if it's a posse guy uh, even over the 24 900 horsepower motors, you can hear the crowd. You can hear them on the front. You can hear them all the way over on the front stretch. Um, <laughs> uh, it, that know, is awesome. Yeah, it, it it's a big deal. You know, we uh, we 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 like to brag. We like to we like to show out, and uh, 
you know, we, we take our dirt racing very seriously out here in PA and, you know, the, the huge rivalry between the posse and the outlaws. I mean, I think that just says it all. Yeah. There's, there's no other place like, there's no other rivalry like that. Not even close. No, I mean, where, where else in the country do the outlaws go where, you know, the locals where, where they show up like, like they do here in PA and, and really give them a run. I mean, They have an I, event pull... named after it. I mean, <laughs> Posse yeah, versus I mean, the Outlaws. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what the actual tally is at this point, but it, it's always dead even. Uh, you know, all-time wins between the Outlaws and their MPA, it's, it, it's dead even. You know, maybe a few here, but... Yeah, give or take a handful. But yeah, overall it is. It's it's It really is incredible. I... My buddy, um, who I've talked about before when I was back in North Carolina, Lee, he was working for Casey Kane at the time when Casey Kane first started their sprint car team. And he used to tell me stories about when they would go to, um, like, Williams Grove and race. And I remember he was telling me a story about how they won they won a race one night at Williams Grove and then their driver went and parked on the backstretch like just to piss off the posse members or something like did something like just out of spite and Lee and the other guys on the team were like dude are you trying to get us killed like what are you doing man just don't don't poke the bear uh, like just be happy we won the race what are you doing so it's really really cool uh, the the uh just the fervor that you guys have for it, like just the intensity. Yeah, I mean it's and on a local night, you know, when it's just the when it's just us guys here in the local, you know, everybody's got their favorite driver. Everybody's got that one guy that they don't like. Everybody in our group knows I'm not a fan of Danny Dietrich. <laughs> but when the invaders, the out the all stars, the outlaws or somebody comes to town that doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> it, yeah. It's just all about representing for the posse and, and getting that win and, and showing why we claim the best sprint car racing in the world right here in, in central Pennsylvania. Yeah, that is awesome. So Danny Dietrich, that brings up a good quick point. Cause that's the next question I want to ask you. So who is not, I don't want your favorite driver, but I want to know who is like probably considered the top posse guy right now like in terms of the driver, right? Who's probably who's the number one in the posse? I mean, if you're if you're looking at right now in this moment, you got to say Brent Marks. I uh, I mean, he's he's hot. He's hot right now. Um I mean, he he took home 275,000 last weekend. You know, not a bad not a bad uh take home for two race wins, you know, out there at Eldora and Yeah. Um, well, heck yeah. Time, he, did, he did awesome. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, you you still gotta you get you still gotta say Macri because he's got 15 feature wins. That's more than anybody else in the country. There, there's no other 410 driver that has 15 feature wins this year. So, I you know, but I if I had to put money down, I'm probably going Marks, uh, especially with what he did out here during Speed Weeks, and and I was either at or watched every one of those races. That team is just, they're just hitting it, you know. Yeah, it was incredible what they did at Eldora. I mean, it's for him to go 
in Eldora when two out of the four nights, two out of the four events like that, because one of obviously one of the nights was rained out and they doubled up Saturday. But to do that and do it the way that he did it was pretty freaking insane. Um, it was uh, it was a dominating performance. So yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, obviously he's uh, he's on a roll right now. Uh, I mean, he got another top five last night at Port Royal. Had another another incredible showing. So okay, so let's let's look at this then. Going into the Summer Nationals at Williams Grove. All right, I want to know from you who are the top three posse guys to keep an eye on. All right, that have that, give me your top three drivers that have a legitimate shot at winning from the posse. All right. Well, I mean, first I got to go Brent Marks. Okay. You know, he's just on a tear right now. This last month, I mean, he's just killing it. Um, number two, I got to go Macri. I mean, he's got 15 feature wins this year. He's always good at, at Williams Grove. Um, I mean, the end of Speed Weeks, uh, he lost his crew chief, uh, Shuttlesworth. And so they didn't run the last night, the Sunday night at Ceilings Grove, but then came out Friday night, started, I think, fifth or sixth at the Grove. And by lap 11, he was uh, second and a half up on the field, just ran away, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to go. I got to go Lance DeWeese. I mean, he, he Lance DeWeese has 103 feature wins at William Grove Speedway. You can never count him out. And the the Don Crates cars, I mean, they've they've been winning outlaw races since the 70s and 80s. So, I mean, it the track I think is gonna get wide. We haven't had any rain recently, knock on wood. So it's gonna be dry and it's gonna it's gonna widen out. But that's where Lance excels because when it does, he goes right to the bottom and just catfishes, and nobody understands how he gets around there so fast just <laughs> hugging that wall i mean bouncing the left front off of the the guardrail coming off of four that's how that's how tight he is so I, i'm gonna go mark smackery deweese they're 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 my three guys they're my three guys all right mark smackery deweese okay so if those are your three guys who would be a dark horse posse driver to keep an eye on Ooh, um I'm going to go a little off here. I'm going to go with Devin Borden. He's in a Devin new ride Borden. now. Yep. He left Hefner Racing. Um, He's in a new ride in the 23. And that's actually where Macri's crew chief, Shuttlesworth, went to wrench. And he started 14th last night at Port and finished 9th. And, and the kid has no fear. They call him the Daredevil for a reason. I mean, he will hang it out there. And... uh. He's he's been close. He actually won a feature race. Now it was with Hefner earlier this year, but he won a feature race this year uh, at Williams Grove. So, yeah, my dark my dark horse. I'm going Devin Borden. Okay, I like it. I like it a lot. All right. So your uh, your top three are Deweese, Macri, and Marks, and then your dark horse is Borden. Okay. All right. So. I've never been to a race at Williams Grove, so I don't know. I only know what I've seen on TV um, and what I've heard from from friends and stuff like that who have raced for years uh, that have raced there at Williams Grove. 
what what are the what are the drivers gonna see with the track like you just said it's gonna it should get wide because it's you know, they haven't had any rain it's um you know the outlaws they do rework the track you know they do they do water it they do rework it i mean it's not like they till it up you know but you know they do they do rewater it and stuff like that so you know you've been to outlaw races at williams grove what are we what should we expect to see for the racetrack just bone dry slick cushion like what do you think what is your prediction on the track state i mean you're right when the uh when the outlaws come to town they they definitely they bring the equipment and they they like to work the track they they try to get it to widen out um the one and two is is usually all bottom or all top um depending on if they if they get it if they can get it pushed up uh three and four is is always a, a crapshoot because you got guys that are going to try and stick the bottom and they're going to make it work it's the shorter way around um but what most people don't realize is getting into three the size of the cushion that builds up that makes entry into three that much more difficult i mean if you're going to run the in three and four you really got to commit to it and the hardest part is getting in and beating that almost two foot cushion that builds up just getting into the turn jeez um, that's huge that's huge <laughs> i mean when you're sitting on beer hill and you look down i mean the tire the bottom parts of the tires are missing when they when they roll by if you're if you're you know down at eye level it it's monstrous um and they do their best to knock it down, but I mean, it's it's there's only so much you can do when you're at 140 miles an hour into a hairpin. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's so. pretty incredible for such a flat track too, to build a cushion like that. Oh yeah, you know, um, that's pretty. That's if pretty they do incredible. It, if they do it right, I'm uh, the Kevin or the um, uh, the Morgan Cup in the spring. They actually did a a pretty good job and had a decent cushion build up now, now guys weren't necessarily entering in on the top because of that mountain that forms there mm -hmm. um but they were running that slider line and and banging it off the the cushion in the middle and driving it off and and getting a lot of speed that way so um one and two is usually if you're gonna pass somebody it's gonna be a slider or just straight bottom or top it's it's it, slider is usually not the way to go um but three and four that's right in front of beer hill and that's where all the excitement happens um just rotors glowing and sparks flying and you know guys are just they're laying it in there and they got to make a 90 degree turn and go the other way in a very very short <laughs> uh mm -hmm. distance. so <laughs> it, it's it's just it's something to behold you know it's I haven't been to, I'd like to be, like to go to Eldora. I'd like to go to Knoxville. I'd like to go to Charlotte. Um, but I'll tell you what, when you're, when you're standing along the fence, getting into three on a, on a night when they're running mid 16 second laps and in, in qualifying the, the sensation, the speed that you, you feel it as they go by you getting in there. And it's just, it, it's insane. Ah, oh, man. I need to go to Williams Grove. All right. So, Tell me, I got it, cause I gotta know, man. We'll get back to the race in just a minute, but I gotta know what. 
what's up with the Beer Hill Gang? What 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 do we got here? What's going on with this? <laughs> um, so the Beer Hill Gang, they're they're up in turn three every Friday night. Um, when you watch on TV, you see it. As soon as they get past the backstretch grandstands, the it actually the it actually goes up. It's a hill. Yeah. And then they have the next they have the next set of grandstands and all the people in their in their lawn chairs and their folding chairs and whatnot. You got guys that since I was a kid and I'm thirty almost thirty eight now, you know, standing on ladders. They bring six foot ladders and stand on them to to see. Uh it, it's just a it, it's it's a rowdy bunch. Um <laughs> you know they're they're the defenders of the turf <laughs> so you don't get many outlaw fans up there and the brave ones usually don't last too long they they go find another seat i would imagine i would imagine <laughs> i would imagine um yeah you wouldn't you probably wouldn't want to be just hanging out up there um yeah that sounds like a, that sounds like a colorful group um okay so do do all of the the regulars because williams grove they run a four is it a 410 weekly show yes they have every friday night's a 410 weekly show and then i i want to say it's every other week um it, they run 358 which i mean i i I think we're the only place in the country that still runs a 358, not a 360 division. But um, yeah, 410s every Friday night at Williams Grove. And then uh, Saturday nights, the guys kind of split. Some guys go to Lincoln, some guys go to Port, you know, but the the bigger congregation is, is Friday night at Williams Grove. Okay, so with the number of regulars that are running there do they all i mean are they all going to be there this weekend for the summer nationals and when i say regulars i'm talking about the drivers like how many pa drivers are usually showing up for the outlaws we're talking 20 30 40 how many i'd say they're i'd say we'll probably get 20 25 regulars show up to to race against the outlaws this weekend um I mean, there was a decent amount last night at uh, Port Royal. Uh, there were 14 posse guys in the 26 car feature. So, uh, and and you get a lot of guys that uh, when the outlaws come to town, they always seem to be faster. Uh, and that's because you know the the money for the local guys there's there's not as much, so they're all saving that that one Donaut motor. Or, you know, whomever they had built it, they they got that one motor that they're saving just for those, you know, three or four times. Oh the yeah, yeah, we had that back here in California when the Outlaws would make their their West Coast swing. We had the Outlaw car, and it was the one with all the best stuff on it. Had the best motor in it. Had the best everything in it. Um, even had the tr- you know even had the the cooler paint job and we only brought that thing down when the outlaws came to town and it w- it was run like six races <laughs> and then it was put back up you know motor was redone and then it would just sit again so so yeah I can understand that um, you gotta gotta bring out your best stuff when the outlaws come to town 
Now, the California drivers, I will say this, when the Outlaws come to town, um, they don't normally do as good as the Posse drivers. They just don't. I mean, we had we had a run there for a little while where you had, you know, we had our, before they were running the Outlaws, you know, where Rico Abreu and Brad Sweet and Kyle Larson and those guys would do good against the Outlaws before they were full-time Outlaws. But it was a, quite a while ago. We haven't had a... We haven't had some really good California drivers out here in a long time. At least ones that are really hanging with the Outlaws. So, um, yeah, we're uh, we've all all of our good drivers just leave. They just leave. They they end yeah. up moving back to to Indiana or Pennsylvania um, to go sprint car racing. They never stay out here in California. They just leave. Um, yeah, and I, and honestly, the the whole posse thing, I think that has a lot to do with why so many people stay. What's well, why so many of our good drivers don't? I mean, obviously, the money they don't. Not everybody's got it to go out on the road for however many weeks it is. Yeah, um, the and, the cost is insane. Yeah, but you know, when they do, I mean, it, they just they know that the best racing is is all done here, and then. Then then what they do is they'll do like Macri and Dietrich and Marks and and Wagner. They they they'll travel to the big shows, the the Eldoras and mm -hmm. and the Knoxvilles, you know. But it's it's a it's a it's a PA thing. It's it's a pride thing. Yeah. Now I gotta I got I want to know. Do those guys are those guys professional racers? Like that's all they do is race, or do a lot of those guys? I mean I know all of them obviously are not professionals right um you know the vast majority of the the local drivers they've got jobs and stuff like that but i'm talking like the top guys there the ones like you remember you know raymer macri dietrich deweese like those guys are they i mean is that all they do are they just pro drivers just driving all the time or what's it i mean what's the because i don't know what's the purse money like in pa you know uh when the outlaws aren't there uh i think it's usually it's usually five or six thousand to win um i can't speak for all the drivers mm -hmm. but i would say probably 99 percent of them have regular jobs or some assimilation of a regular job like macri his family owns macri concrete okay that's that's where a lot of their money comes from brent marks at the the Marks Murray the and now the Murray family, but they got the M and M painting and they got you know, so I mean he's they they have regular regular jobs. Yeah. Um. But like I said, I I can't speak. For That's all tough of them, to do. But... That is so tough to do to work and race at that level. It, it it's really really tough, man. It's hard. It's super hard. Um. That's. I've been looking into the last couple of months. Um, I've just been like, you know what? I I want to go back racing. Like, I've been dying to go back racing. And I'm to the point now where I'm just trying to figure out what I want to get into. Um, my brother's doing cross carts now. I don't think I want to do those. Um, but I'm kind of torn between doing, you know, just getting like a modified or even like a dwarf car. Cause I actually really like dwarf cars. They're, they're fast and they're small and there's actually quite a bit of tracks out here that run them. Um, but the one thing that I'm kind of hung up on right now is I can't run a business, work a job and race, you know, not at the level that I want to, like, it's hard to, it's hard to do that. So that's, a uh, that, that's. 
that's pretty incredible, man, that those guys can be doing all that stuff and go run with the outlaws and do as well as they have, especially someone like Marks. I mean, dude, he's he's only ran 15 races this year with the outlaws. He's won five. Like, that's an incredible percentage, okay? Like, that's a, that is a better win rate than Kyle Larson. So, that's... um. That's pretty, that's pretty incredible, man. So hats off to those guys. I gotta, I gotta say. So, all right, before we wrap this up, because this has been really, really cool. It's been a lot of fun. I got, I got a couple more questions I got to ask you. So first of all, I want to know in PA, what's considered like the track in Pennsylvania, right? Like what's the dirt track in Pennsylvania? Is it Williams Grove? Is it Port Royal? Is it, you know, is it, is it something else? Like, what is it? Well. I'd say it depends on where you are. That's going to be the answer you get because Lincoln, Williams Grove, Port Royal, they're all, it's, it's not a very far distance. I mean, I live 10 minutes from Williams Grove, but I can be at Lincoln in 45 minutes. I can be at Port in an hour and 15 minutes. It's not that far, but it's far enough that if you head up towards Sealings Grove in that area, they're going to tell you Port Royal is the best. If you head down towards Gettysburg and Hanover, they're going to tell you Lincoln is where it's at. You know, everybody, I grew up at a dirt track that is now a shopping center, but it was called Silver Spring Speedway. It was a little eighth mile. We ran, they ran uh, super sportsmen's late models and street stocks. But from the time I could crawl, that's where I was at every Friday night. And I loved it. And then once it obviously got demolished, then I migrated over to being more of a regular at Williams Grove. Now, my dad took me to shows, especially the Outlaw shows, uh, when I was younger. So the the speed, the and just seeing it, you know, to me nothing beats Williams Grove. You have to be fast, you have to be technical, and you gotta have a pair that you can let hang out <laughs> um i mean port is another half mile they're doing faster they're going faster but it's also a little wider the turns aren't as sharp um but there's there's awesome racing at lincoln too because it's a, a smaller track i think i think it's a three-eighths mile is what they measure it as lincoln so yeah yeah i think lincoln's uh, a three-eighths is what they call it so, I mean, once that feature gets going, I mean, it only takes about five laps and there is racing on every inch of that surface. Um, so, I mean, I guess it, it's kind of what you're looking for, but I'm, as a as a proud member of the Beer Hill Gang, I'm going to tell you <laughs> the best tracks Williams Grove. Okay. Well, I figured it would be one of those three. I mean, I know there's obviously way more than those three tracks in Pennsylvania, but those have always seemed to be the three big ones. Like those are the, the big deal in PA. So, uh, yeah, I, and I, and I'm not shocked, I'm not shocked by your answer. So, but yeah, that's all, all right. One more thing we got to cover. And, um, this is a little bit off base, not so much with summer nationals, but, few weeks ago, we did our top 10 sprint car drivers of all time list. Uh, neither of us had any posse guys on there. I had Fred Raymer as yep. a honorable mention um, just because the dude 
you know, 415 wins overall. I mean, it's it's insane. 11 world about 11 of them with the Outlaws, but 25 track championships. And back then, obviously, a track championship meant a whole lot more. Um, well, it actually still does in Pennsylvania. I mean, we were just talking about it. PA is probably one of the only states where a track championship still means something. Like out here in California, if you're winning track championships, there's almost a um, an asterisk next to your name where it's like, hey, that's great. You're awesome. Why aren't you out on a tour? Why aren't you running, you know, why aren't you running King of the West or why aren't you with the Outlaws or the All-Stars? Like, it's almost expected, like, if you win a track championship here, you need to be moving on to bigger and better things if you stick around and keep winning track championships. Like, it's looked down upon in California, where Pennsylvania, obviously, it's a big deal. So, I want to know, in your opinion... On our lists, who are who are the, the, the PA drivers that we missed? Who'd we miss from the posse? I want to know. Well, I can tell you when you said the the Fred Raymer honorable mention, I, I was in the car on my way home listening to the podcast and I said to myself, Had a boy, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> At least you got one right. Um I I mean Fred Raymer's a, a legend around here there, there's no denying that um i gotta go uh, uh bobby allen from hanover there's one um okay. steve smith you know the steve steve smith stevie smith uh um, that was it was hard for me to not put stevie smith on there and and keep in mind, I, w- I was really wanting to put Stevie Smith on there. Who would you say was better, Stevie Smith or Steve Smith? Father or son? Um, Stevie. I, I think Stevie was better. Uh, me too. Now, obviously, I never saw Steve Smith race, but I, I mean, I've seen, you know, and heard yeah. stories. But to me, Steve Smith or Stevie Smith was... Uh, it was that was hard for me to put on, uh, not put on because I rooted for Stevie Smith. I, you know, when they would come out here to Cali and when he was running that black 19 Ingersoll Rand car, like I, him and him and Jack Hoddenshield, man, you know, that, yeah, that was, that those was were my guys. Iconic. Yeah, those were my guys. Yeah. So, so that was a tough one. Yeah. Um, but there, there's two that I really gotta, I really gotta put out there, and that's the Steel City Outlaw Tim Schaefer, from Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, uh, and then of course, uh, one of the guys who I think is not only one of the best drivers, um, but one of the, just the best people, and that was the late Greg Hodnett. All right, yes, Greg Hodnett was he was good, he was definitely good. Um, I actually think Hodnett might have, I think Hodnett might have drove for Casey Kane for a little bit, I want to say. For some reason, I want to say when Lee was working for Casey, I want to say Hodnett drove for them for a little while. I could be wrong on that, but for some reason, it sounds like, for some reason, I want to say he did. But yeah, he, Greg Hodnett was, he was definitely good. He was good. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the Apple. So was car. Schaefer. Yeah, the Apple car. So was Schaefer. Schaefer was really good too. I and I, I got to be honest. I never even thought of Schaefer. The fact that you just said that, and I just realized, like, oh my god, I didn't even consider him. Um, 
yeah that was uh i missed out on that but that was the thing that me and keith said when we were doing it you know i don't know a lot about posse drivers because i don't follow it right like when those yeah. guys may, like i know about stevie smith because he was running with the outlaws like he used to come through all the time that was why i knew of him you know like i you know i knew of fred raymer right because of freddie raymer like i mean you know what i mean like i just that type of thing so I didn't know a lot about those guys. Um, you know what I mean? They, they're, it's almost like this, just for us who aren't back there or, you know, even in the, it's not even just in Pennsylvania, but you know, out there, you know, Indiana, Ohio, you know, all the, you know, basically driving distance, you know, back there in sprint car country, you know, it's hard to, hard to follow all those guys. Cause you guys do have so many, so many good drivers. So, um, and yeah. And that, that kind of brings up uh, something that I wanted to touch on. I, I know you had a an Ask 3 wide. Yes. And it was PA yeah. versus California. Yep. And I'm going to be honest. Nothing that you said was false. <laughs> Everything that you said was completely accurate. It was the interpretation of the facts where it gets me. <laughs> okay. What was the interpretation? Because, well, Rico... Kyle Larson, Brad Sweet, I will give it to California. They are unicorns. And I'm not even that big of a Brad Sweet fan, but that man, if he knows he doesn't have the best car that night, he finds a way to score the most points, and it's the reason why he is, was he a two-time? Three-time champion. Three-time, and and two back-to-back, I think, and he's leading the points. Uh, And I think Sheldon's got, like, five more wins than he does or something yeah brad sweet only has one win in this season and he's leading the points yeah and and so i give it to him that that guy knows how to race yeah but those three unicorns don't match up to the generations of drivers coming out of pennsylvania i can see that but we also have you know that that was the thing we had Brian Clawson, which obviously he did not have the length of it, um, you know, just from obviously what happened. But we also have a bunch of other drivers who have come from California, too. we got a lot of them right now who are running sprint cars that are from California, you know. Now, yes, we don't have the, the generation, right? We don't have stuff like you guys do with Raymers and Smiths, you know what I mean? Like these just over and over and over and over you know where it's like a heritage like yeah we don't we don't have that um but i would put the the like you said those three but i i think there's i think there's a few more i would put the top end talent up against any other state i really would so that was a tough one, man. It was tough. That was hard. That was that was hard. Um, and had Jason Myers, California had Jason Myers too, didn't it? Oh yeah, dude. They had. I, forgot, I almost forgot about him. Um, they had, dude. We had a bunch of them. Uh, oh, let me see if I can find the list that I had. Because there was there was a ton of them. There was guys that I had for, that I had completely forgotten about. Um. I think uh 
Aren't the Celsies? That's the ones from... right now. Celsies are from California. Um, the Katings, Bud, Tim, oh, and and Brent, Corey Day, who's he's kind of an up and comer right now. Uh, Tanner Carrick is one. Um, I think Buddy Kofoid's from California. Now he's uh midget, you know, uh yeah. non-wing guy. He's trying to move over to the wing stuff. Uh, Thomas Meserol. Meserol's not a wing guy though. And that was another thing. We weren't just talking wing guys. We were, you know, I obviously dude was asking yeah. us about that, but. We were looking at, you know. I mean, everything. If, if you're gonna, yeah. I mean, when you when you add in the non-wings, I mean, you can pretty much just eliminate PA. Yeah. I mean, we like to go fast around here, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> if that means putting on a wing, adding some downforce, so you can go a lot faster. That we just like to impress. We're we're out there selling t-shirts. Yeah, I'm waiting for the sprint car civil war that's gonna break out between <laughs> Pennsylvania and Indiana over wing or non-wing. <laughs> <laughs> right yep yep because yeah that's uh, uh those indiana guys you say sprint car racing and that and to them it's it's non-wing they I, uh, oh, yeah. they they call it's that's a sprint car to them and then you say wing sprint car where for you guys a sprint car is a wing and then you guys will say non-wing sprint cars it's actually hilarious yeah. but you know yeah. out here in california though we were like pa where it's uh, for us sprint cars are winged and then we have non-wing sprint cars because non-wing is just not very big out here especially now um we do have the cra down south but for the most part um it's a very very small pocket and it's getting small it seems to be getting smaller every year everything's moving to the wing side although uh i thought it was gonna start to die off some um with so many tracks out west here going to 360 you know that most of the tracks out here are 360 now we used to have weekly 410 shows at a few tracks and now they're almost all 360 shows we have a lot of shorter tracks um which is one of the reasons like i there was a uh guy and oh my god i cannot believe i'm not remembering his name uh andy i think it was andy forsberg who's like he's won placerville track championship numerous times and you know silver dollar speedway championship stuff like that but he he ran a 360 one time i think he was running a 360 one time when the outlaws came and like made the feature and finished in the top 15 or something like that running a 360 against four tens on a quarter mile track so the the motor doesn't make that big of a difference here i mean it it makes a difference you know at our more boring tracks but yeah we don't have those big half miles with the 410 shows every week out here unfortunately yeah and that's and that's why i think you don't really ever see a whole lot of non-wing stuff going on here at pa i mean we have our smaller tracks lincoln you know mm -hmm. and some others but the it's a lot of the the half mile, the big tracks. You know, they to me that the racing, it just doesn't lend itself to the non wings. Now, you know, out Indiana that way, I mean, there's a lot of small short tracks, and so it makes sense to to run the non wings out there. Because I, I mean, I'll give it to them that they do put on a hell of a show. Yeah, you ever watch the the non wings at Williams Grove? Uh, for about 30 seconds, and then I got bored and turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. You don't know what you're like missing. When, I mean, even like when USAC comes out here, if you, if you watched it, the, the crowd doesn't fill up. Because 
the people just aren't interested. That we we want to see the speed. You know? Yeah, that's that's what we're looking for, right? Yeah. Well, you when know, you're at a look- track like Williams Grove, like that's just not a non-wing track. Like it's just not. Um, you know, you should you shouldn't be running non-wings at Williams Grove, even Port Royal. You know, the non-wings really, in my opinion, where they thrive. If you're gonna run them on a on a half mile, it's gotta be something banked. Like it's gotta be like in Eldora. You know, it it can't be something flatter because they just without the downforce, man. It's yeah, it's just agree. yeah. You know, they're having to drive it like a Silver Crown car. You know, and now look, one of the best races I've ever saw in my entire existence was the non-wing 410 SCRA sprint cars down at Manzanita Speedway in Arizona. And Manzanita, unfortunately, no longer around. But it was one of the best races I've ever seen in my entire life. That was a that was a banked half mile, and it was incredible. But also, on the other hand, one of the greatest races I've ever seen, you know, right up there with it was, you know, at the half mile in Las Vegas, you know, that that dirt, the dirt track out there with the outlaws. So it's just and to me, that, it's all about the, the car and the track combo. Yeah, now, that that track that Las Vegas, they have some decent banking, don't they? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty banked. Um, and when we went there, we went there when it was like first constructed, like the track, it might've been the first or second year, um, that they were there when we went to, cause we went to the NASCAR race and they were doing the NASCARs at Vegas and the sprint cars, the outlaws were there the same weekend. And they're basically on the same complex. It's like Charlotte where you've got the speedway and then the dirt track right by it. And we went and watched the NASCARs, and it was that was the first year the NASCARs were there when we went. And then we, the, you know, at nighttime we would go watch practice and qualifying for the Cup guys. And then at night we would go over to the Vegas track and watch the Outlaws. And the track was, it was probably the weirdest dirt I've ever seen. It was like this sandy clay like it was weird man and the first night it was absolutely horrendous the track was just oh it was so bad i i mean like just about everybody was that everybody there was like this might be the dumbest idea ever to build a track in a desert like that's that's what everybody was thinking and then the next night the track was like so the the it was weird because the middle had slicked off the top was it there wasn't like a huge cushion but it was tacky and it was like like almost like gummy where when you would walk on it it would it was like walking in a movie theater right where it's almost like pulling your shoe off it's all like that's how it was on the top and the bottom was like that too and um stevie smith was leading the race man and was like a straight away ahead of jack hoddenshield and he was running just barely in that tacky dirt like through the middle and Hodden Shield started like it was the weirdest he was running it looked almost like a slider line it basically was a slider line but he was just it was like a short slider line and he would throw it in and he would slide up through the middle and he would at the apex of the turn he would hit that tacky stuff dude and it was like he just stopped like the the car just stopped moving and it just shot off like like a rocket 
and he wiped that lead away in like five laps dude it was one of the most incredible things i'd ever seen i'd never seen never seen anything like that before where a guy was able to make up that much time that quickly and the the driver in front of him it's not like it's not like stevie made a mistake like he was he had been dominating the race you know what i mean and then all of a sudden just hod found something and it was just gone in a matter of laps it was crazy but yeah so it's really to me it's all about the the car track combo you know like you gotta be gotta have them on the right the right type of track otherwise it's just yeah it, i'm with you it can be boring to me non-wings at williams grove like i would want to see it just to see it once but i don't think that would be at the top of my list of like yeah i want to i want to go check those out you know consistently yep <clears throat> i know i know you said you'd like to to visit williams grove sometime uh, until then, I'll, I'll give you a, an idea about the the speed. Uh, watch when you're watching on Dirt Vision, and they go down the backstretch, and they have the world famous bridge that's there. Mm -hmm. Watch the cars dart when they hit the bridge. Most people don't see it. Most people don't even know about it. But if you stand in turn out, up on Beer Hill, looking down the backstretch. They are carrying so much speed off of two that when they hit the bridge, that offset wing on top of the car, the air pressure from the bridge forces the car down so hard that the front will actually turn to the right and it'll shift the car about two feet to the right. That's crazy. That's, That's yeah, that would be terrifying. That yeah. is a unique unique that is uh, one of the most unique the track yeah that is one of the most unique features of williams grove now i've seen races before where they've had the camera view looking kind of down that straightaway and i haven't seen them really dark but i've seen them where when they go under that bridge all of a sudden the front wheels pick up off the ground or it's like it yeah. just it, they they banks they they suck down on the left so hard they'll pick up that that front that front corner so yeah it's it's gonna be a good, it's gonna be a fun weekend, man. I'm looking forward to it. This is always one of my favorite um, sprint car races to watch. I mean, I love watching sprint car racing, regardless. But when it comes to the bigger the bigger events for the outlaws, you know, to me, when they're at Williams Grove, it's one that I've always always really really liked watching, and I'm I'm looking forward to looking forward to seeing it. So um, now, are you going to the race? You just said you're not far from the track. Are you gonna be going to the races? Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of still up in the air about about Friday night, uh, about the prelim preliminary night. Um, but I know Saturday for sure uh, I'll be going for the Summer Nationals. Uh, I know, uh, buddy Jordan Etter, he's going to be coming up from Maryland. Uh, he's got some friends that that actually haul the the merch trailer for Donnie Shots. Um, so he's coming up, and then uh, Kurt is going to be coming down uh as well so we're gonna go hang out so i'm I'm definitely going saturday night um kind of still on the fence it's supposed to be like 98 degrees to uh, friday night that sucks because uh, so, 98 okay. in pa is not like 98 where i'm at 98 out here and we're like oh it's nice and cool today 98 yeah, in pa I with 80 percent humidity is disgusting <laughs> Well, yeah, we, I mean, we're in a valley. There's, yeah. there's mountains all around us. So the humidity, I mean, it, it gets, it, it gets to the point where you don't even go outside because you can't breathe. It's, it's yeah. that thick. Yeah. I'm good. You know? I'm good. Off but that. The, the national open in October, that's, it's a cold one. 
but that is the the third crown or the third jewel in the crown jewels of triple crown uh obviously king's royal knoxville nationals national open williams grove at the end of the year uh that's when you really see the speeds because the the temperature drops and the, mm -hmm. the motors are kicking up that extra horsepower with the extra compression from the, the air temps and boy it's something but the summer nationals it is hot and it is slick and tempers flare just as high as the as the temperature outside so it's always a good race well i'm looking forward to it man uh it should be a lot of fun uh we'll try to keep an eye on your posse drivers uh have fun out there this weekend and dude thank you very much for coming on man it was uh it was a lot of fun we'll definitely have to have you back Absolutely. I appreciate it, Tommy. And uh, keep up the great work. Love the podcast, man. Thanks, man. All right, you guys. So wrapping up this week's show, uh, a couple things to touch on just because we didn't uh, we didn't get to it too much in the beginning. We'll touch on it slightly. Um, this last week, we had the cup race at New Hampshire. Uh, shout out Christopher Bell for getting his first win of the season. Um, did you happen to see the race at New Hampshire at all? I didn't, and I was impressed. Yes, and I was, I was happy while at the same time being unhappy, and I'll explain what I mean. We've talked about it before. I absolutely despise the shifting in these cars. I freaking hate it. That being said, for whatever reason, um... At New Hampshire, it was still a really good race. You know, at Martinsville, you could just completely screw up and just downshift your way out of trouble, right? And it, it and you weren't punished for it. Um, and it made the racing pretty much suck. Uh, but New Hampshire was a different story. Loudon, it was actually a pretty good race. I was um, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, it was uh, good racing. Um, Shocking to see who won, um, and I don't mean that Christopher Bell is not a worthy winner, but if you watch the race, the uh, Harvick and, um, who was it? Uh, Truex Jr. Truex Jr., yeah, there we go. Dominant. Harvick and Truex Jr. were the two dominant cars. Um, and just to give you an idea as to the, the season that Truex has had so far, Truex is leading the series in stage wins. Like, he is he is just consistently winning stages. He's always there. Um, unfortunately, he's just not closing it out yet. Now, he still had a very respectable run. He got fourth. Harvick got fifth. But this opens up a really interesting scenario because we're getting to the end of the season. Right? We're get, we're 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 I should say the end of the regular season. And We've got, you know, a situation where we might have somebody like Martin Tricks Jr. who might not make the playoff if he doesn't get a win. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the thing. Um, if you look at the regular season points right now, Martin Tricks Jr. is fourth in the regular season points. Kevin Harvick is ninth. And there is a chance if we were to end the season today, Kevin Harvick is outside the playoffs. He's not in the playoffs. Now, Truex, Truex Jr. would still be in it, and so would Ryan Blaney, who's the third, the third, you know, 
musketeer in this whole trio because he's another one who is third place in the regular season points. And right now, he's in the playoffs, but him and Truex, as good of a season as they're having, if two drivers, if there's two new winners and they're not one of them, they're on the outside looking in. Crazy. I know, it's nuts. It's so nuts. Like, even if you... You, we could end up having like Chase Briscoe with a win if we get three different winners. Mm-hmm. Chase Briscoe's out of the playoffs. Yes, and that's Tyler another Reddick thing. Could be out of the playoffs. Daniel Suarez could be out of the playoffs. How Austin Austin Cedric. Yeah, you know how, I, mean? Like, I mean, how fucking crazy is this? Yeah, it's nuts, man. And I know, I. I because I've heard a lot of people talking about this this last this last week, and I know where both sides of the argument are coming from because there's people out there who who are like, "Look, this is why the playoff sucks. It shouldn't be like this." You know, I think it's Ryan, Ryan Blaney, it. you know, running third in the standings, and he might miss the playoffs if he doesn't get a win. But at the same time, I the 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 tension and the excitement behind it is crazy, and think about. What's going to be on the line? Think about the racing that we will see when we go to, I don't know, Daytona, right? Like, think about what it's going to be like when we start getting down to these last couple of races before the playoffs. It's going to be insane. I wonder if that's why Kevin Harvick kind of found fifth gear. Because if you notice, come crunch time, he's been running a lot better. Yeah, like he, he has. He legitimately had a shot to win New Hampshire. Yeah, had he did. Shot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And now, and, and I look at the playoffs this season like I did, what was it, three years ago when Kevin Harvick had nine wins. Mm-hmm. And they're like, damn, he's probably going to win the championship and ended up missing the final round. Yep. And yep. now we have a past champion, two past champions two of the biggest drivers of the sport could possibly end up missing the playoffs. Yep. Freaking yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So as it sits right now, we've got six races left in the regular season. All right. Two of them are road courses. We've got the Indianapolis road course, and then we've got Watkins Glen. And the last race of the regular season is the Coke Zero 400 at Daytona. So those three races there, you could have three different winners. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not to mention we have Pocono this week, which is just a unique track within itself. Then after Brickyard, after the, the road course at Indianapolis, Michigan, which is a very big track, two mile track. Um, Hopefully we see some good race in there. Like we saw at Fontana, but then you've got what or not Watkins Glen uh, Richmond, which is a short track. So, out of all of the races, I mean, each one of them is going to present a very unique situation in terms of the type of racing, the type of track. They're all different. They're all unique. It's not like we've got, you know, three out of the last six or a mile and a half with a dog leg. Like, these are all very unique tracks and very unique situations. And it's setting up to be really, really exciting. I have to, I, I got to be honest, right? I never liked the chase when they used to do the chase for the cup. I thought the chase sucked. I did not like that idea at all. 
The whole playoff thing, I was more on board with. And the way that it has been the last couple of seasons, I have loved it. I, I, I really have. And this season, the way that it is sitting right now, um, I think it's incredible. Because last year, I'll be honest, last year to me, I thought, I was like, if Kyle Larson doesn't win the championship, it's going to be a shame. It was like that year that Harvick won all those races and didn't win. Like that, to me, that's a shame. That's a, just a, it's just a freaking shame when you have that kind of season and then all of a sudden you're not the champion. You have right? nothing you to show for it. Yeah, you win 10 races and you don't have a championship. So to see Larson close out the deal last year was awesome. But right now, as it stands, we don't have anybody who's dominating like that, right? The closest thing we have to that is Chase Elliott, who's got three wins. That's it. He's got three wins. Nobody else has got three wins. Then you've got a group of drivers with two, and that's Chastain, Logano, Byron, and Hamlin. And then you've got a bunch of them with one. Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, Kurt Busch, Briscoe, Suarez, Bowman, and Cendric, right? And so there's nobody right now that you would look at and obviously things could change after the next six races, but there's nobody right now that you would look at and you would say, hey, if this guy doesn't win, that's a shame. And it's yeah. cool because everybody in the projected playoff right now, um, and that's and I, and I would even add Kevin Harvick to it, who's at the projected playoff, he's outside looking in because he doesn't have a win yet, but I will include him. So the top 17 drivers, if any one of those guys won the championship, I would not be overly shocked i mean there's a couple where it would be like damn i can't believe you know i can't believe Cindric actually won a championship or i can't believe suarez won the championship right like that would be kind of shocking any other driver i would not be surprised by it i really wouldn't if you no, told hey, me hey yeah if you told me hey man uh ross chastain wins a championship I, that's not a surprise it wouldn't surprise me if any of the hendrick cars won it or kevin harvick or truex jr right like none of those guys would be a shock to me so it's been a really, really interesting season, and it's been a lot of fun so far, and I'm looking forward to the last six weeks because it, I think it's going to get even more exciting. And, you know, this is why NASCAR made all the changes they did. It is. They, they wanted to increase the excitement level and all of it, and guess what? We are getting that. So anybody that sits back and says, man, this, this season sucked, you're full of shit, for one, because it's been really good. Yeah, can there be some small changes to everything? There can be. Most definitely. Yes. But... When was the last time in the playoff era that we had two previous champions fighting to stay alive in the playoffs? Mm -hmm. Never, yep. never. And, and, and that being said two two former champions that has yet to win has yet to win. Yeah. They had their best shots at New Hampshire. Yep. And strategy paid off for everybody else, but them. Too. Yep. I it's, do think and crazy i do think that i think personally harvick blaney and truex this is my this is my prediction by the time the playoff is starting harvick truex and blaney all three of them will have won at least one race and we're going to be looking at a driver with a win out of the playoff. I think we're going to see that this season because I think and, Harvick and, and Truex and Blaney are going to win one. And you know, that's something that I can agree with because we're going to these six races. These guys have been really fast at in the past. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, 
Harvick's different, but Kevin Harvick has wins at Indianapolis. He's got wins at Pocono, Michigan, Richmond, the Glen. It's been a few years since he's won there. And Daytona. Yeah, I think Daytona's the biggest wild card of them all and the two road courses because guess what? The equalizer there is A.J. Allmendinger mm-hmm. and Michael McDowell. Yep, absolutely. We've seen that and happen before. Michael McDowell has been surprisingly fast at damn near every racetrack we've went to this year or that they've went to. I keep saying we. But Sorry, Keith, you're part of the tour. Oh, yeah, in my mind. I've been talking about the season long enough. We ought to be part of it. Exactly. But Michael McDowell's been really fast. Look look at Sonoma. Yeah, and he had had good speed there. And and most generally, if you're really fast at road courses, you're really fast at Pocono because it races just like a road course. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, yeah, that was in the old car, and we haven't seen the new car there, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say it ain't going to be much different. They're still going to be shifting like they usually do. Yeah. And, and that, I just, I think, I think Blaney, I think Ryan Blaney wins at Michigan. I think, um, I think Martin Truex Jr. comes out and wins at Richmond. And I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Kevin Harvick will win at Daytona. That, that That's my, my projection on it. And, and then what's even more exciting is, who the hell's going to miss the playoffs? It's going to yeah. be somebody with with a win for sure. Yeah, I think I think if those three guys get a win, I think the guy on the outside looking in is going to be Austin Centric. I do. Yeah. And can you imagine winning the Daytona 500 and being like, oh my god, not only did I win the race in NASCAR, we've just locked ourselves into the playoff, and then come playoff time, you're like, what the hell happened? How this happened? <laughs> How did yeah. I end up out here? Because I mean, if 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 that does happen, mm-hmm. we could very well see Kurt Busch, Chase Briscoe, Suarez, and or Austin Sindrick out. Yeah, and not even to mention Denny Hamlin. Yeah. Yep. And and that's crazy to think too, because yeah, he might be. What is he in the regular season? He's nineteenth in the regular season points. But in is the he? playoff, yeah, and he's nineteenth in regular season points, but he's got two wins. Oh, he's, um, so he's safe. He's he he's be... safe. Yeah, he's safe. But he's but he's one of those guys that is on. And when it comes to the regular season points, he's outside. He's outside the top yep. sixteen. Yep. I was looking at it backwards. Yeah, but but I mean, you can have three big guys. Well, uh, yeah, I guess they're kind of big name now. Suarez with Suarez, Bowman, and Cindric. Mm-hmm. How crazy is that? You imagine being Roger Penske like, damn, we had a real good season, won the Daytona 500, missed the playoffs. Missed the playoffs. So. Yep. I mean, it's like it, it'd be like the Yankees winning their division but missed the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Freaking so, crazy. Yep. So yeah, it's 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 definitely heating up. Um, it well, should be a good ending to the season. What do you think? Do you think the races are going to be crazy? Because stage points are going to matter the next six races. I do because I think with the way, like you look at Martin Trucks Jr., right? Who is, he's fourth in the regular season. He's fifth right now in the playoffs. Okay. He hasn't won a race this season, but he has seven seven stage wins, man. Like that's huge. And And, and you know, those points add up. We, we seen it at road America. Chase Mm -hmm. Briscoe stays out to win a, win a stage. Yep. 
Now, we're going to some more road courses, even Pocono, that's going to play out like a road course per se. I think you're going to see some of these guys at the bottom. Granted, yeah, they don't want to stay out. They want to be on that same pit sequence with the leaders so you're not off pit sequence. I think we're going to see a lot of these guys, maybe the bottom seven, try to play some strategy like that. You're going to have to, especially Kevin Harvick. You're on the outside looking in. You have zero stage wins. You've been really fast, yes. But stage wins are going to count from now till Daytona. Yes, and I think we're at that point where we're going to start seeing a lot of these guys um, I think the taking a lot more crazier. risks. Yes, a lot more I mean, risk. Other than Richmond, the races anymore at Richmond suck, but I think it, with all this excitement building around the last two spots in the playoffs, it's going to make these last six races nail biters. Yep. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think this weekend is going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting because along with all the drama that we have setting up with the playoffs and the points, um, Goodyear is also bringing a new right side tire to Pocono. Um, This was a tire that, they they tested at both Pocono and Charlotte. Um, it's going to be used for Sunday's Cup race, and the new right side tire is supposed to have more grip and more stability. Now they don't really talk about the tire wear or anything like that, but at a track like Pocono, like you talked about, you know, it's basically like a big road course that you just happen to turn left at. You know what I mean? Like that. It's it's really it's such a unique track. You know, they call it the Tricky Triangle for a reason. And, you know, for years they used to shift at that track and they got rid of that. You know, they, they disallowed the whole overdrive gear that they would run in those transmissions. And so there's been no shifting at Pocono. And now you better believe they're going to be back to shifting at Pocono. And so it's going to so, be really interesting to see if somebody pulls some, you know, pulls a rabbit out of a hat uh, with some kind of gamble or experiment to see if they can just pop off a win. Well, Goodyear just posted on Twitter, too, that their right side tire is a multi-zone tread tire with two distinct tread compounds, one for heat and wear resistance on the inboard two inches of the tread endurance zone and one for grip on the outboard 10 inches traction zone. So it's going to make it interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. The stuff that they're doing with the tires now is so nuts. Um, the way that they're doing that, that you're, I mean, you're talking about them running two different compounds essentially on a tire to make it match like camber, right? So you can have the wheel cambered out when it's running on the inside down the straightaways. It's got more resistance, better longevity. And then when they're going through the corner, the rest of that tire, when it rolls over, right, it's got more grip. I mean, it's just, it's insane, dude. The, the technology that they're using in that and hopefully it, hopefully it makes for a good race man it's setting up to be exciting with all the drama and the points and uh yeah it, it should be a lot of fun oh absolutely i'm looking forward to it yeah so so we'll keep an eye on that but before we wrap up this week's show, we got one more thing that we're going to cover this week, which is our GOAT of the week. This is a segment that we do every once in a while where we bust out who our GOAT of the week is, basically who we thought was the man 
or woman for the last week um, in the world of racing. So, Keith, I will let you go first. Who is your goat of the week? My goat of the week is the JGR pit crew. All of them from New Hampshire. Whether it be Christopher Bell's, um, Bubba Wallace's, Truex, all them guys, they they won that weekend for Joe Gibbs Racing. Yeah, they did a phenomenal job. They really did. Denny, your crew swap paid off. Bubba finished third. Yeah, Bubba had a phenomenal race, man. It was nice to actually see them close close the deal out. Yeah, it's because their pit crew can do their job now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, good pick. I like it. Uh, my goat of the week, probably going to be fairly obvious. Um, it's Brent Marks. Uh, what he did at Eldora was, we've already talked about it, it and it, it was not hyperbole. What he did was just absolutely freaking insane, incredible to come in to Eldora. You're not a full-time outlaw. You've only ran, you know, 35% of the races this season and to pop off, you know, the historical big one and the Kings Royal in a weekend was incredible. And you know what really brought this home for me was I was watching on YouTube. I was watching the uh, Swindell Speed Lab channel, and it was showing Kevin Swindell's sprint car. You know, he's a car owner, and he runs around, and they race all-stars. They race outlaws. You know, they race all over, and he uses a lot of different drivers. And for the week at Eldora, for Kings Royal Weekend, they had Darren Pittman. Now, keep in mind, Darren Pittman is a former World of Outlaws champion, right? This is not a scrub. This is not somebody where it's like, hey, this guy runs midgets. Let's give him a shot in a wing sprint car. No, this is somebody who is a former World of Outlaws champion. And they didn't even make the feature, right? They, they could not get out of the B main. And... Swindell said something that was really, really eye-open, and he said, this shit's really hard when you don't do it all the time. Meaning, you know, to just show up and run with the outlaws is really tough. And keep in mind, this is it's not like he's some kind of rookie, right? Like, they, he knows what he's doing. Darren Pittman's a phenomenal driver. There's a number of teams out there that would take a Darren Pittman as a full-time driver, right? Like, yes, he doesn't run full-time anymore. I mean, he's been racing a long time, but when you talk about the, the, the skill set, skill level, he's incredible. And when he said that, it made me just respect what Brent Marks did even more because for them to just show up, they've won five races this season with the outlaws. And then he wins two in one weekend and they're, two biggest races we've had so far this season was incredible. So yeah, Brent Marks, my goat of the week. And you know, I don't disagree at all. Don't disagree at all. Yeah. What Brent Marks did this past weekend was fucking incredible. Yes, it was. 
Absolutely. Enjoy, enjoy that one, Brent, because mm-hmm. you, you, you deserve it. Yep. Absolutely. So that's going to do right. it this week. You guys, um, we will be back next week. Uh, we'll be back next week on Thursday. We had a couple of things come up this week, so that's why we pushed the pod back a day. But we'll be back next week on Thursday. Also, really quick, if you haven't had a chance, head over, check out the new YouTube channel. It is up. Uh, we've only got one video up right now, but I've got more that I will obviously be putting up on the YouTube channel. So that's where we'll be posting uh, video clips and stuff like that from the show, just certain points of it, parts of it, things like that. So if you want to check out the video version of the pod, you can check that out on the YouTube channel. Uh, just search three wide in the middle on YouTube and it will pop up. And then lastly, you guys, please share, keep downloading, subscribing, following all that good stuff. Um, it just, it's great the way you guys are doing that. So please continue to do that because me and Keith greatly appreciate it. And it's just helping to, helping to grow the show and, and yeah, makes it, makes it that much more fun. Uh, you know, us getting to do this and you guys doing that. So thank you very much for that. Keep on doing it. And if you do that, we'll be back next week to do it all over again. So Keith, my man, have a good weekend. Enjoy Thanks. the racing. Yep. Absolutely. You try, have a good weekend too. I will. I will. Try to stay try to stay cool. I don't know what it's like where you're at, but out here it's like hundred and uh, freaking ten. So humid and disgusting. There you go. Yep. So try to stay cool and uh we'll talk again next week, man. Awesome. Can't wait. All right, everybody. Have a good one. <laughs>